Gabrielle Marie, philosopher, entrepreneur with almost 10 years of career and business mentoring under my belt. My purpose in life? World peace, of course, but in a slightly humbler fashion, helping people to say fuck it and free themselves from the stuff that keeps them from living fully. Get unstuck. Get unstuck. Welcome to a new episode of this podcast. The first time that I spoke about the subject of today with my best friend Sylvia, I really thought she was finally going to believe that I was crazy. Now you have to know, Sylvia and I, we really go way back. We studied philosophy together, we lived in the same dorm as we were studying, We've shared almost all of life's ups and downs with each other over the past few decades now. So let's say that we know each other pretty well, right? But still, the thing is, in recent years, I've worked really hard to build a relationship with my brain. And today, I really believe that my brain and I, we understand each other pretty well and we have a lot to gain from working together as a team. So I'd say that we now have a really good relationship, but it wasn't always this way. The thinking me before thought that every thought was true, but also that I was my brain. Now, what do I mean by that? And this is the part that I thought Sylvia would really call me crazy about. Thinking me that inhabits my head and my brain are not the same thing. Neuroscientists have known this for some time now. Our brain and our mind are two different things. Our mind works true and thanks to our brain. It's also inseparable from it, but they're definitely not the same. And although I knew this theoretically, like we do with so many things, it was a very unusual moment of insights that completely convinced me of this truth. So what happened was, I was mulling over a really difficult issue for days on end, a romantic relationship breakup that was rocky and that I couldn't simply get out of because we had shared assets. So I was quite anxious and I had continuous negative thoughts about the situation. The problem was that I was going around in circles. I was answering each question with another question. And every time that I did that, the questions that I had and the thoughts that I had, they were becoming more and more terrifying. So I was asking myself, should I meet up with him? Then, yes, okay, but what then? What if he does this? Or what if he does that? What if he becomes unreasonable? What if I can't hold myself anymore? And what if I snap at him? What if? You know, all of those questions, you get the picture. It got so bad that for a few weeks, I couldn't sleep more than a few hours a night. I was lying awake in bed, asking myself the same questions over and over and over again until I decided without really knowing what I was doing at the time to leave it up to my brain. I was so tired and exhausted that in a sense I gave up or at least I felt like I was letting go. And I told myself, you know what, let's just see what happens. And I left it to that. In that moment, a sense of 
peace came over me and the thoughts that had been plaguing me for weeks were suddenly gone. That night, I was finally able to sleep and then when I woke up the next morning, it was really crazy, but I had my answer or at least I had a big part of it because I knew with sufficient certainty what to do and I took the first steps to get out of the negative situation that I was in. Now, at the time, I didn't know that I'd given my brain or my subconscious mind, if you will, the task of solving the problem for me, the conscious thinking part of me. But I knew something really important that happened when I decided to let go because I gave my brain more room to come up with other solutions, with a new way of thinking about the problem, rather than the compulsive thoughts, you know, that my mind was full of and that I was just going around in circles with. And the thing is, the mind uses the brain and the brain responds to the mind. So our mind changes our brain as well. It's, of course, the brain that provides our conscious experiences and our conscious awareness. But it is we, the awareness itself, who chooses our actions. Our brain doesn't really do that. It doesn't force us to do anything, actually. We do that. Our mind stimulates our thoughts. And based on those thoughts, we act. So every time we think something, our neuroplastic brain is going to respond to that. And for those who don't know what neuroplasticity is, it essentially means that our brain is continuously adapting according to the input that it receives and the impressions that it gets. So I find that to be really, really exciting stuff, to be honest. And the part that I feel is the most incredible of all is that when the brain adapts, new brain pathways are formed or existing pathways are modified, which, and this is like the crucial bit, creates new thoughts. Now, what actually happens the moment that we let go of the problem or the anxious thought that, you know, we're stuck with is a little bit like what John Cunios and I think his name is uh, Mark Beeman. So John Cunios and Mark Beeman talk about in their book, The Eureka Factor. And in the book, they investigate how we get creative insights and aha moments. Now, it turns out that most of those moments happen when we're relaxed, when we're doing things that don't require too much brain power, or when our brains aren't fully awake or focused on a task. So what's special about Eureka moments is that they're often preceded by a moment of absolute despair or at least of feeling completely stuck and really not knowing what to do next. So what we can learn from that is that insight doesn't come when you want it to show up, when you're actively thinking about the problem, but when you're not thinking about it. And this is one of the reasons why it's so difficult to figure out how these aha moments occur. But what's really clear about it is that you have to have enough information about the question that you're looking to answer, right? If you have Uh, surrounding information, if you have context, if you know a little bit about what it is that you're, you're questioning, then it pays off to give your brain the task, the time and the space to work with all 
the mostly unconscious information that it has stored within itself. So I believe that a relationship with our brain is not only great to have these amazing aha moments. From my experience, I believe you can work in the same way to make a lot of things clear to yourself. Because at some point, thinking about a problem that you have or about a decision that you have to make just becomes counterproductive. You run around in circles. And that's when I let my brain take the lead and start doing something else. So a great example of this is after a long time of hesitation and questioning myself, I suddenly had an absolutely perfect insight into what to do with my next book. And the question that I'd been asking myself for so long was, whether I should self-publish, mostly because of negative experiences with publishers in the past, or whether I should work with a publisher after all. Now, meanwhile, that book is almost done and it will be published soon. And what's so great about the insight that I had, and I'm going to leave you in the dark a little bit about what it turned out to be for now, because, you know, I mean, every story needs a good cliffhanger, doesn't it? So, but the point is that nothing changed about the long pro and contra list that I'd been tinkering with for weeks. So it was still there, everything was still true, all my pros, all my cons, they were still on the paper. But one morning, as I stood under a hot shower, I suddenly knew what was right for me to do without a doubt. And that's why a relationship with my brain is so important to me. Not my active mind, right? Although I do love that part of my brain too, the more analytical part. But I'm talking about a relationship with the whole thing. That is with the source of all the knowledge, the experiences, the decisions and insights that I've accumulated throughout my life. Because all of that information is still there. The only thing is we usually aren't capable of consciously accessing it. Does that mean that you should leave every decision this way to your brain? Of course not. It also doesn't mean that you should never actively work on a problem, project or idea. Of course you should do that. But it does mean that we can learn how to better manage our thoughts and actions in cooperation with our brain instead of against it. It's really possible to learn to have more control over our thoughts And this is something that I'm going to talk about in more detail in a future episode of this podcast. But for now, what I want you to know is that there's definitely room for improvement when it comes to how we use our brain power and sort of what we what we trust our brain to be capable of doing for us. So instead of fretting and constantly asking yourself the same questions until you're in a mental cramp that you can't get out of anymore, why not instruct your brain to work with the problem? Instead of consciously overthinking and going around in circles, why not prompt your unconscious mind to look for solutions? Because that's the relationship I've developed and I'm continuing to develop because it's a journey with my brain. I used to be such an anxious person who questioned everything, right? I mean, I'm, 
it was actually horrible for you know, my friends and the people around me because I was always asking questions, but I did that to myself as well. So after I'd had a conversation with someone at a networking event, for instance, the first thing I would think was, didn't I say something stupid? Shouldn't I have said this or that? Or when I answered a question and I was, you know, enthusiastic or maybe firm, the first thing I would think was, shouldn't I have reacted this way instead of that way, done something else, you know, blah, blah, blah. I would really ask pretty much about everything I did, whether or not I was doing it right. The thing is, I could even feel the worrying. It was like buzzing bees in my head, just behind my forehead. I know, I know it sounds crazy, but it was this pressure that I could feel, you know, on like behind my forehead. And that was really hard to live with, together with all the questioning, obviously, and the anxiety. And especially with conflict, I could get really anxious, which also made it impossible for me to access any facts correctly. After all, everything was always my fault, no matter how bad or unfairly someone had treated me. So when I realized that I could engage my brain to help look for solutions, what happened was that the bees went looking for a new hive, so to speak, and it became really quiet in my mind. Now, I've mastered the technique to such an extent that I only start worrying when there are really big moments of stress or trauma happening in my life. I still worry, obviously, and I think it never really goes away. But even those moments are much less intense than they were before. Now, how do you cultivate a relationship with your brain? And how do you give your brain the time and the space to come up with solutions for you? It's pretty simple. You just need some patience and practice and some patience. Did I say patience? You do need patience. Okay, I'm going to stop there. Um, I'm sure you get the point. So (laughs) with a little bit of practice and a lot of patience, um, you can really build that relationship. And, you know, it's just like with everything else. It works better the more you work on it. So it's like a muscle that you have to exercise or train. However, you can feel relief or more peace of mind from the very first time that you try. That's what's so cool about it. The simplest way to do it is to just instruct your brain to think about a problem and for you to sit back and relax while your brain finds a solution. It's that easy. Okay, so that's it for this episode. But before I say goodbye, I still have two things for you. First, I would like to give you the fuck it, let's do it experiment of the week. And this week, ta-da, I want you to think about something that you've been thinking about for a long time and that you can't seem to find the answer to. So it doesn't matter what it is. The important thing is that you've been thinking about it for a while and that you're not getting any further in, you know, whatever it is you want to do. So when you've got something, I want you to ask your brain to go to work for you this week. Each time you think about the problem or the issue again, just remind yourself that you don't have to solve it for a while and let it go. Now for me, 
that will be this week, deciding on the first project that I'm going to work on for my business in the next year. I have a few projects already lined up and I just can't seem to figure out which one that I should be doing first. So I'm really going to leave it up to my brain, relax a little bit and see what comes up for me. Before I go, and this is only if you feel up to it, Here's a little act of daily rebellion that you can take with you into the week as well. This week, what I want you to do is that whenever you hear someone gossip about somebody else, don't participate. Instead, speak up about it and let the person who wasn't in the room know someone is speaking behind their backs. The reason for this and why this is an act of rebellion is that gossip is a way for low power people to manipulate and to bring damage to others and it's really a form of bullying. It's dehumanizing, it's selfish and in the world that I want to live in and that I'm trying to create there is no room for that type of behavior. So we really must muster the courage to rebel against it. So if you feel called, that's the little act of daily rebellion for the week. Now, if you feel like sharing your experiment with me or anything else that's, uh, that's been going on for you, or if you're not sure what a good experiment might be for you, don't hesitate to email me at muriel at murielmarie.com. Thanks for listening. Have a lot of fun with your experiments and your little rebellious acts and talk to you next week. Bye. Just a heads up. I'm not a therapist or a doctor. So if you're not feeling your best mentally or physically and you need some help, please make sure to consult with a medical professional or a therapist.